welcome to Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. So if you're in the area, if you're in the Los Angeles County, Riverside, Orange County, you're neighbors to us. So I want to invite you to join in with us at 9 a.m. Wednesday Bible study is at 7 p.m. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, we're bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. That's what makes us faithful. That's what makes us bold. That's what makes us obey the word of God because we believe. We believe that his word is essential. It's essential for living a sanctified life, which he has called for. In Leviticus, he says, uh, be holy because I'm holy. And so we're to be like the Lord, holy. Again, want to thank you for joining our online service. If you are looking for a church home, growth ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. We're going to go into the word of God. And, you know, before we I just want to direct your attention over to the book of Mark, the first chapter. That's what we're, we've been there. We're going to talk some more about what Mark has to say. Uh, Mark being part of the Synoptic Gospel. And, and so we're going to talk a little more about what Mark has to say and expound upon that. Uh, before we go there, let's let's have a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord God, for each one under the sound of my voice on the 16th day of July, 2023. This is a day that you've made. We can rejoice and be glad in it. And we're doing just that. We're rejoicing in you, Lord. We're glad, ecstatic about you, your goodness and your grace and what you've had to say about this day. It's in your divine will. There are some permissive things that exist as well. Lord, but we're looking for that which is of your divine will. Help us to see, hear, and understand, obey what is in your divine will. I ask that you will bless each one that is sick and cannot be in service, Lord God, that they could, if they, they would, if they could, but you know the conditions of their bodies, you know, Lord God, the, the ailment, ask that you would touch them, that you would heal. In Jesus' name, Lord God, touch those that are, that would be in service, but can't because of restrictions. Lord, ask that you would bless them as they listen to the service. Lord, bless those that are sharing your word those that are witnessing, those that are telling others about your goodness, those that are sharing inside the pages with others, sharing this podcast, they're sharing the broadcast, Lord God, and, and, and telling others that the unadulterated truth is being declared. Help us to speak your word, not our opinion, 
in Jesus' name. Help us to decrease, that you increase. Lord God, to lift you up. I pray against every, every thought that would exalt itself, that it be brought into subjection. In Jesus' name, amen. In the book of Mark, do you have Mark, the first chapter? You know, this song was ringing in my heart, and, I, and so just want to sing a little bit of it is unto the Lord because he's the one that brought it to my mind. It's not a song that I was listening to. Matter of fact, I have not heard anyone even singing this song in years. The song said, Lord, I just want to thank you. 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 I want to thank you for being so good to me, so good to me. Lord, I just want to thank you. 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 I want to thank you for being so good to me, so good to me. Lord, I just want to thank you. It's a very simple song. Lord, I just want to thank you. Lord, I just want to thank you. Lord, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for being so good to me so good to me. In the other words of the song, we say, I want to thank you for being my mother. I want to thank you for being my father. I want to thank you, Lord God, you've been so good to me, you know, and I'm sure that you can think of a number of reasons, a number of things that affects, that impacts your person, your being. I'm not talking about things. I'm talking about the goodness of God that, that dwells among us. You know, David said, I, I can I look towards the hills from what coming my help. My help comes from the Lord. And that is what I have to say this morning as well. My help comes from the Lord. And it doesn't mean that that sometimes you're not going to feel discouraged. It doesn't mean that sometimes uh, words, you know, they, they have that saying sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And we know that that's not true. It is the words that we don't heal from. It's the words that stay with us and take a long time to progress. It takes longer for those words to progress than it does for the, the wounding of a stick or rock, you know, or, you know, that, that a form of scab and, you know, and bones will, will mend and you'll be reminded of it when the weather changes. you know, if you've ever broken anything, you know what I'm talking about. And then there is the words that are spoken that cut deep, that go deep and stay with you. When you see an individual, those words flare up and you're reminded and it really takes God to bring about a deliverance uh, about those things that may have been said or done to you. And so thank God because he is the antidote. Uh, he is the solution for all things. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to, we're going to talk about some stuff. And if you don't, if you don't mind, I, I'm going to take my time. 
I, I like taking my time when it comes down. I don't, I don't have a rush uh, because uh, because it takes time. It takes time. And, and so, you know, you might get a little hum, maybe. You might get a little song, maybe. But let's let's talk about the word of God, the book of Mark. Now, again, thank you for joining the online service of, of Cornerstone of Grace. If you're looking for a church home growth ministry, I want to invite you to join in with us at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. Mark, the first chapter. I'm going to read the 14th verse, and I have a few different verses that I'm going to read. Now, I'll tell you which one they are. So I'm going to start off here with the 14th verse. And the 15th verse says, now, after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Change. Uh, repent is another word for change. Some of us need to do some changing today. We need to change our mind. We need to change our attitude. I'm, I'm not even talking about folks not affiliated with the church. I'm talking about those that are. We need to change. Change. Okay, let's go. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Not only do we need to change, but we need to believe the gospel. We sit right in service and listen to the gospel. We leave service and then we struggle with the gospel. We need to change. The 23rd verse says, and there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit and he cried out. This man was at church with an unclean spirit. How dare him walk in any kind of way, smelling any kind of way, stuff spewing out of his mouth any kind of way people don't want to sit next to anyone like that this man was crying out sometimes our actions we're crying out uh, let me give a simple illustration of that a very simple one uh, my second son kevin uh, when he was a child was in school and he was acting out he was acting out and when he knew he, he when he knew it was reported uh, he would instantly um gather crocodile tears in his eyes as my mother would say crocodile tears you know these big tears would form um but he would act out and i, I came to realize that he was only acting out because he needed help now, the help that he needed was not a spanking. It was not punishment. It was not restrictions. He was not being challenged by the classwork. And so when they gave him more challenging work, he settled down. People cry out in different ways for help. People cry out because they're wounded. They're hurting. And they cry out and they act out. I, God knows I don't have time to talk about the things that occur. Let's talk uh, just even just even the thought of the closet. What has happened in the dark places? What happened to 
that child. It could have been you. It could have been some. It could be someone else, even in this moment. And no one wants to talk about what, who touched them, who molested them, who uh, ignored the report of it. Mom, so mom ignores it because mom has an invested interest that is really not to her benefit. At least so she don't she's not aware of she think it benefits her but it's destroying a child a teenager or even an adult this man cried out he acted out now the 26th verse says and when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice he came out of him and they were all amazed insomuch that they questioned among themselves saying, what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commanded he even the unclean spirits and they do obey him. I'm gonna drop down to the 30th verse. And we're still in the first chapter of, of Mark. But Simon Peter's or Simon's wife, for those that may have been told that if you're a minister in the church, you can't marry. Um, I've only heard that years ago dealing with Catholicism. But uh, but I, I believe that there's some changes that have been made even there. Uh, Peter, that they would refer to as St. Peter. And, and if you met Peter today, if you ascended up into glory and met the, the character of Peter, or at least what we knew of him, he would have a different name. So you wouldn't be able to, you won't find Peter standing at the gate. You're not going to find Peter's name written in the book of life either. But Simon, wife, he's married, Apostle Peter. Mary, his wife, mother, lay sick of a fever. And, and on, uh, they told him of her. They told Jesus that uh, Simon's mother-in-law is sick. She got a fever. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Maybe if you have a, a ailment, maybe you might be suffering a fever this morning. Maybe you have, uh, you know, you're feeling ill. Sometimes when we feel ill, we feel ill at home. But then when we move into a different place or a different position, we leave the home, that ailment doesn't follow us. But the Bible said, and he lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her. And she ministered unto them. She got up and she served them. Ministry is a service for those that serve. Uh, people um, are labeling everything as a ministry. They're labeling people as a minister when that is where we're all called to be ambassadors for Christ. So we're all called to be servants unto the Lord. And that even when the son did said they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils and all the city was gathered together at the door 
the fame, or let, let's not say the fame, the, the word had spread that there was something happening at Peter's house. There was something happening there that could not be ignored. The 41st verse says, and Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and said unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. Again, I want to talk about the side effects. The side effects. Side effects, also known as adverse reactions, are unwanted or, or considered unwanted, undesirable effects that are possibly related to a drug. You've seen commercials, all of them now have seen some type of commercial talking about side effects that vary from minor problems like a runny nose to life-threatening events such as heart attacks or liver damage. It's also documented that side effects are, you know, are constipation. Constipation is not good. We, we need to make sure we have the right amount of fiber, fruit. And so you get that from fruit and stand hydrated, water. Uh, we were at, um, we were out and, and you see people drinking a lot of soda and 32 ounces and Gatorade and a different, we need water um, to make sure that we stay hydrated water, maybe a little salt to help us because we need to retain some water, but not too much salt, not too much. But constipation means that we're dried up, makes it difficult, makes it painful. Skin rash, dermatitis, or it could be diarrhea, dizziness, drowsiness, side effects, dry mouth, a headache, insomnia, and nausea, just, just to name a few. These are side effects, negative side effects to something that has been ingested. It could have been something that you ate that seemed really good. I, you know, I, they, they used the phrase, an uh, ounce of pleasure, but a pound of pain. Maybe you had some haagen some ice cream, and and it was really good. Uh, but then later on, there was a, a side effect and you couldn't sleep through the night because you were up and down. You were two stepping. Or maybe it was a slice of pizza you had and the acid from the tomato sauce. And, and so now you have acid reflux, a side effect of too much and it's not digesting properly. Now, these result from uh, man-made narcotics is what we're talking about, you know, in this instance here. And some of, of us, when ingested this stuff when we were not sick, some are still taking things that they should not be taking, or drinking when they should not be drinking, sniffing, smoking, vaping, whatever you want to call it, and trying to hide side effects. Some of the things you can't hide. I found out that our children are very observant and they will tell on you. You think you've hidden, not you thinking that, but 
but their eyes, they're catching it. They're seeing it, even though they say nothing until there is an opportunity to expose it openly, even though they, they're not trying to expose you. It just comes out that way. When back in the day, 30 plus years ago, when I was a pothead and doing all kind of other stuff, and I was what you would call a functioning dependent. I was a functioning dependent, meaning that I went to work. I worked, worked hard, uh, made sure there was an income, but I was a functioning dependent. I stayed high and I did my job and I did my job well, promoted. So. Yes, never, didn't get terminated for it, even though I got caught. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so one day, my dad, my uncles, was visiting. And my dad had, uh, they were signaling each other that they wanted some something to drink. And they weren't talking about uh, Soda Crush or nothing either. And my son caught it. Both of them caught it and said, oh, you don't have to go to the store. Uh, my dad has, and the other one said, no, 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 because he drink it and then he opened another one and he drink it and then he opened another one and he drink. And then he takes out these papers and he rolls up these little tiny, tiny, tiny cigarettes. By the time my uncle and my dad and was laughing so hard, they were crying. And my, my dad pulled me to the side and said, you thought you were hiding something, but they were watching you all the time. They were paying attention. He said, you got to be more cautious about what you do. And sometimes we think we're hiding and it's okay. Uh, but someone is seeing it and it needs to be corrected. Thank God that that was many years ago when I baptized, committed myself to the Lord, that craving and everything disappeared for me on the day that I went down in Jesus name. The gospel of Mark loudly speaks about an antidote and its side effects, which are safe for human consumption. An antidote is said to be a substance that counteracts a form of poisoning. Antidotes for uh, different types. Right now, fentanyl and different things that they're talking about in the news and they're coming up with immediate antidotes to help uh, brain revive somebody if they're exposed to certain chemicals, certain drugs. The police are carrying these things with them and, uh, you know, and, and the paramedics and stuff because because of our foolishness, our foolishness. We know it's not good, but yet here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Anticoagulants, substance that is used to prevent the threat of blood clots and blood vessels in the heart to help reverse, these are reversing agents. But we need some things to be reversed. The Bible said by one man's sin, uh, the, the world, and I'm paraphrasing it, was contaminated by another man's sin, we were set free, being Jesus Christ. 
hypertension, conditions of the heart, mental health issues, spiritual oppression, demon possession, physical ailments. There is a remedy for all of this, for each one that has been mentioned and, and many others. Each of us face are faced with a particular question this morning. Now, if I asked you if it's anything too hard for God, you would immediately say no. I have yet to hear someone say yes, but no. Except when it comes to our situation. When it comes to our situation, then uh, that's a different story. Is anything too hard for God? Well, you know, no, it's not too hard for him. But my situation, my situation. But I want to encourage you to prefix your problem with Genesis 18 and 14. Prefix it with, is anything too hard for God? As I was driving in uh, this morning, as I'm driving up from Corona to Pomona, I'm thinking about my situation. I'm thinking about my heart's desire. What I want to see God do. Has nothing to do with money. Has nothing to do with things. It has to do with the souls of men. And as I begin to think about those things, I had to prefix it with, is anything too hard for the Lord? I had to prefix it with that. And I think that's a good place for all of us to, something all of us should do. We should prefix our heart's desire with is anything too hard for the Lord. I know there are some things we don't like to take. Maybe you don't like to take any cod liver oil. You know, there are home remedies that work. One of the home remedies that, that we've handed down is that you buy talcum powder, you buy powder, Johnson and Johnson, whatever uh, brand, and you put in a baby diaper, you know, to prevent rash, because that's what it says, it will prevent diaper rash and all that. But each of mine, each of our children had some form of diaper rash. The home remedy for that was to take some flour, white flour, and brown it, not with grease or anything, just brown it in the cast iron skillet and sprinkle that in the diaper and the diaper rash went away immediately. A home remedy. Sometimes we don't like taking the medicine or we don't like ingesting things or we don't want to do what, what we've been told to do. Uh, we have even questioned the ability of the antidote that's been prescribed. Decided not to take it and to live with the hurting. 
to live with the pain. I was in a drug class some years ago and I heard this statement being made. If God wanted me to stop drinking, he would knock the glass out of my hand. I think a good response to that is loosen your grip. Loosen your grip. Mark 1 and 14 says, now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. It wasn't until John's imprisonment that Jesus appears on the scene again preaching the gospel, preaching the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God represents complete domain. Genesis 13 and 18 says, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, he was the king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the most high God. Melchizedek was not just the priest of the most high God, but he was also the governing body of Salem or Jerusalem. Complete domain, complete authority. Psalms 1 and 10, 4 says, the Lord hath sworn and will not repent. God's not going to change what he is saying. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Speaking about our Lord and Savior. Complete dominion. Hebrews 7, 3 says, without father, without mother, without descendant, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually talking about Melchizedek. He said, the time is now. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God differs. And I'm not going to argue about this. It's not a discussion for today. But the kingdom of God differs from the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God deals with authority. The authority is here. Whereas the kingdom of heaven deals with the principles, principles that you cannot live without and exist in the kingdom of God. Mark 1 and 27 says, talks about three things. It says they were amazed. The side effect of what they were exposed to, they were amazed. They question among themselves. They ask, what thing is this? When you receive the antidote prepared by God in God's laboratory, in his mind, in his facility, you will be amazed. You will ask the question. You will say, what is this? 
there are some, uh, these are some of the side effects of his antidote. The Bible tells us that when Adam was created, that God looked and said, man, it's not good for man to be alone. And so God applied his own anesthesia to Adam. Adam was now sleep because of the anesthesia that God applied. And when he woke up, God had, had operated and now a woman existed that would stand, that was from his side, not his backside, but his side. That would be a help me. She would be everything that he is not. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The side effect. Adam said, whoa, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. That was his response. And they became, they, they should become one. Not separate, not grown apart, but one. Helpers one to another. The 22nd verse says they were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one that had authority, and not as the scribes. The scribes was just quoting scriptures and you know and and, and saying things, and, uh, but they they he they, they didn't speak with authority. They didn't speak as if they knew of a certainty they had the power and that it would happen as God said it would. They just let's read our let's read. Psalms, it's a good and warm and fuzzy feeling. It's not enough. You need some authority. You need some power to deal with the with the enemy, to deal with the principalities and power in high places. The Bible said they were astonished. The side effects of the gospel truth will cause you to be surprised amazed, dumbfounded. It'll cause you to, it's going to shake some things up. Astounded. His doctrine, Luke 4, 30, 32, but he was passing through the midst of them, went his way and came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath day went into the church, went into the church. That's what Jesus is today. Jesus will go to church. I know that. He shows up, he comes to the service. How about you? Said that they were astonished at his doctrine for his word was with power. Luke 1. It seemeth good to me also having had perfect understanding of all these things from the very first to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty, the assurance of these things wherein thou hast been instructed. Luke 
was a medical doctor. He was a physician. Is he had the authority? He had the permission to practice medicine, not philosophy. Now that's a study of maybe a certain subject. He was an MD and he knew something about herbs. He knew something about holistic ministry or service. He wanted Theophilus to know that the antidote for sin was tried, tested, passed all of the required administration and had complete approval of the DA. Unlike the drug administration, this has the DA, divine authority. Divine authority to minister the antidote at will. Mark 1, 9 says, and it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John and Jordan and straightway coming out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the spirit drove him into the wilderness and he was there in the wilderness, 40 days tempted of Satan and was with the wild beasts and the angels ministered unto him. He had been proven and tested. Know what it's like to be us, to feel our pain, our suffering, the things that we deal with. For the Bible said it was in the wilderness. I think we've had some wilderness experiences. Uh, that he was tempted of the devil. Uh, we've been, we've had some temptations and I'm not talking about the singing group. We've dealt with some wild beasts and even acted beastly ourselves until the goodness of God led us to repentance and we followed his goodness to the altar. We followed his goodness to the water baptism in his name. We followed his goodness to tarry for the Holy Ghost. And we're still praying and seeking God and thanking him for his goodness and asking him, what is his will? The 23rd verse, the first chapter. And there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit and he cried out. The man was tortured. The man was trapped. The man was left raw and in pain. Have you ever been tortured, trapped, left raw in a state of being and crying out for help and it fell on deaf ears? Mighty God, have you ever been to a church service and sat in a service praying and hoping to leave the service and there was no spiritual discernment to know you was there? Or maybe you went down for prayer and there was no spiritual discernment to deal with your situation. Mighty God, bless you, Lord Jesus. I think, you know, even right there, I think that that's a right now is a, be a good time to just have an altar call and to seek God. 
It takes discernment to help someone. It takes discernment, a spirit of discernment to know what when they tell when someone tells you what their problem is, the spirit of discernment uh, orchestrated by the Holy Ghost will let you know that that's not the real issue. So that you can properly minister to the individual. No one was able, no one helped this person. They didn't sympathize. They, they did not emphasize. They did not bring about any type of deliverance. They went on to preach their sermon. We were in a service and a gentleman, I was uh, the, the presiding elder of the fellowship. And there was a gentleman that was sitting there and he was distraught. And as he talked about his situation, we had guest speakers and others that was there and you could feel the atmosphere change in the church. And I gave it to the hands, I immediately moved out the way and gave it into the hands of the pastor, uh, the visiting pastor that was supposed to be speaking. And he, at that moment, went into his message, never dealt with the, he just had to get his toot in, he had to get his preach out without dealing with the care or the need of the individual as should have been done. Valuable lesson learned in that moment as it was discussed later with the presiding overseer of what was supposed to occur and how the anointing and what God, the spirit of God had moved in the direction and how and what was ignored. Never again should that have ever happened, at least not under this watchful eye. No one was there to help, at least not to season them. They had to get their message out. They had to preach. They came to preach. I, I got to preach. I got to, I got to have, I got to experience, I got to use these homiletics that I've learned. Instead of the deliverance of a soul, the Bible says heaven rejoices over one soul that is converted. Not over everybody sitting there because the church erupts and the, the, the keys on the organ begin to flatten and, and uh, the pedal begin to move and, and everybody start jumping around and rejoice. What, what about the soul that needs to be delivered? That's the reason to rejoice. Not because somebody hit a high note on a musical instrument or at the microphone. What about the soul that needs to be delivered? Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. On this day, he went to church and Jesus was there. The antidote was there. Mark 1 and 21 says, and they were at Capernaum and straightway on the Sabbath day, entered into the synagogue and he taught. He taught, he took his time and brought about some clarity. He took his time and brought about an understanding that was missing. They were all amazed in so much that they questioned among themselves. The question rose because they had not seen or experienced this before. 
What is this? What, what new doctrine is this? With authority commanded he the unclean spirit and it obeyed him. No one has authority over the situation but God. God has complete power. There's no need of being embarrassed. This man was not embarrassed. This man wanted deliverance. So he cried out. Let's, let's, let's take a step back. Maybe you are embarrassed. And that's fine. So to stop being embarrassed, you need deliverance. To get rid of the pain, you need deliverance. And there's nobody to look and say anything about what you need deliverance from. Except to rejoice and to be there as a support for your deliverance. Unlike situations where the bacteria and viruses fight back, the antibiotics no longer work as a cure. The body has developed some form of resistance against the medicine and, and adapted to the sickness over and over. Listen, God's antidote has no weakness. Isaiah 55 and 11 says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Your spiritual cells are not going to resist it. Your body is not going to reject the transformation. No, God is going to perform, is going to do the thing that God sent it to do. It's not going to it's not going to require this medicine didn't work. So here, let me up your antidote. No, God don't have to do that. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God. Bless you, Lord. And neither uh, is, is, is his antidote. Oh, well, I, I'm going to lower it now. No, uh -uh, no, no. There's no up in it. There's no lowering it. It's a continued fix in your life. 30th verse, Simon's wife's mother was sick with a fever and they told him about it and he took her by the hand and he lifted her up and then she got up off her feverish bed, her sick bed, her ailment and she began to help and they brought others that needed help. That's what we're supposed to be doing, bringing up that need help. Hey, man, come on. Help is over here. Can you tell someone that the help is over here? Simon, if Simon was here, if his wife was here, if his mother-in-law was here, they would tell you that there was that there was the side effects of the antidote caused her to get up and feel good. The, the, the effects of the antidote caused her to, to be able to serve and to help others. She didn't experience any dizziness. She wasn't nauseated afterwards. Immediately the fever left. The migraine was gone. It wasn't Tylenol that did it. It was no ibuprofen that, that did it. 
It was no cold rag or no ice bath that took the fever away. But it was Jesus, the antidote. The Bible said in the 41st verse, Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and said unto him, I will. The man asked, if, if you will, I'll be made clean. And Jesus said, I will. That's what he said this morning. I will that, that you be cleansed. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. Compassion means Jesus recognized the pain and suffering and took action to help. We as the quote unquote, I get the air quotes going, the body of Christ should be taking action to help. If I see you praying for someone, I, I don't you I don't have to know you, but if I'm walking through Walmart and you are standing there ministering to somebody, I'm going to pray while you're ministering to them. If you're praying that I'm going to pray too. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Bless your savior. Jesus had compassion, recognized the pain and suffering and took action. Now, Mark 1 and 7, right there in that seventh verse, B, it says, there cometh one mightier than I. Christ, he embodies the tangible expression of love for all of us. Shackled by a heavy burden beneath the load of guilt and pain. The hand of my Jesus touched me, and now I'm no longer the same. He touched me. He's an expression of love, touching all of us bound in prison and pain and suffering and since we are free now we have to share that with others that there is a true antidote not a gimmick but a true antidote people don't mind investing themselves in something that is real They can't believe it's real if you up, down, and always complaining about stuff. They can't believe it's real. What are, you, what are you talking about? If you in one moment, out the next moment, I thought it was real. They don't mind investing in, in themselves in what is real. He embodies tangible expression of love. Every preacher this morning, afternoon whatever wherever geographically located should repeating these words he is mightier than you and i he's mightier than me no one can compare don't lift me up on a pedestal we're lifting up jesus not the man not the woman I'm not taking God's glory. Matter of fact, he already said, I'm not sharing my glory with nobody else. My glory, I will not give to another. But there are those that are taking it. 
instead of pointing as John did, John pointed to Jesus. With what he used, he won't lose compassion. The side effects go far beyond client and patient privilege. The Bible tells us in the 15th chapter, greater love have no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. The side effects of this antidote is reconciliation and friendship with God. It is worth taking a stand for what is right. A stand for holiness, taking a stand in faith toward God, taking a stand when others are sitting down, choosing to look up and be healed. Numbers 21, seven says, therefore the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned for we have spoken against God. This is a situation they found themselves in. They needed an antidote. We've spoken against God and we've spoken against you. Pray unto the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people and the Lord said unto Moses, make thee a fiery serpent. And you've seen this symbol. You still see it on ambulances. We see it in the hospitals where there is a, up on the, 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 the wood across the, the serpents. This is where this comes from. And set it on a pole and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he look up on it shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it up on the pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. When we are bitten with situations and circumstances that we create, there is a remedy. Are you willing to look up and live? I know that that means being ashamed. I'm ashamed that that I what I did, what I said, how I acted out and different things. But are you willing to look up and live? I don't want anyone to know that. But look, look up and live. You can't live if you don't look up. You can't live if you don't face it. You, you say, how can God? God is saying, I will. I, I want to do this. So let me give you this antidote. Unlike other remedies you've tried, the side effects are good. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. Listen, the Bible is clear about this. Romans 6, 21. Romans 6, 21. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop. Romans 6, 21, beginning at that verse. What fruit have ye then in these things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of these, those things is death, but now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death. The side effects of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So there's a different side effect. We had our share of shenanigans side effects of what we were doing costed us cost relationship it cost jobs it cost finances it costed respect it cost honor it cost a lot of things 
But the Bible tells us we overcome evil with good. There is an antidote to free us from the toxic contaminants of sin. It's transforming, life-changing. The side effects are not weakness. Believing in God and putting your trust in him is not a crutch. No, it requires some strength. It requires power to live a life that is sanctified. Only sin brings about death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, the antidote. He is the antidote. Will you look up and live this morning? Will you take the antidote? Will you take and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior? Will, are you willing to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sin? Have life starts anew. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and grace. Thank you for your word today. I ask that you would bless each one that, on the sound of my voice, that have sat so patiently listening to your word, participating. Lord God, I ask that you would bless them. Help them, Lord God, to seek you while you can be found. Lord God, I thank you for the opportunity to stand and to deliver your word this morning. Thank you, Lord God, for your kindness. I ask that you would continue to help us, Lord God, to live a life that is found, that is pleasing unto you in Jesus' name. We'll be careful to give your name the praise and to give you the glory. Amen. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in our sight. God bless you. Be encouraged.